Ladies and gentlemen, this is El Cochino, Tom Lawler, and I'd like to welcome you to the podcast that puts the lotion on its own skin, Lucha World. Welcome everyone to Lucha World Podcast episode number 108. This week we will recap this past Friday's CMLL show, which had a really great main event, and this past Saturday's AAA show, which was really good. Um, top to start to finish, really a, a, a good show. Um, I kind of thought the last two matches weren't as um, strong as the earlier part, but also I think it was also, um, I kind of, I kind of tuned out at that point because I was doing something else at that point. But it wasn't, I, I still thought they were pretty good. And we will also be previewing AAA's Verano de Scandalo, scheduled for June 16th, and CMLL's upcoming big show, Juicio Final, scheduled for May 31st, this upcoming Friday. I think both shows should be um, interesting. Uh, the Obviously, with the CMLL show being a little closer, they... They basically had the the show the Friday show that really was there to build up, you know the the big show make you know trying to get people to want to watch that. I don't know, like I think it. I think there's some stuff that actually worked for it, but I'm not sure if it was a total um, success. But you know, it, I thought the like I said, the the build up for that, you know, you kind of expect a little bit more out of it, but now with this. Um, CML basically this recently said that the plan going forward was that they were going to try to have a big event every month. And this is really the first big event since that announcement. Um, it kind of was, you know, the, as soon as they announced that, it kind of seemed like as soon as they announced that, they decided to start doing the hair matches. So there really wasn't as much buildup. But I think I think it's in 2019 now, you know, we know wrestling, the buildup to a big match is basically one month. Or two months there really isn't like a long long build unless there's like something specific that can act they can actually get a lot you know a lot out of that feud or rivalry or you know those a series of matches then that's the only way that it actually works where it could actually be something that has been built up over a longer period of time than just one month um this show kind of how um we still kind of has a lot of matches that are you know the big stipulation matches 
were really built up within within a month or even less than that. Uh, but you know, this past Friday, May twenty fourth, the show, CML show, I thought was you know prior to the main event, I thought it was a very um you know an okay average show. Um, I skipped the opener just because it's an opener and CML openers. I mean, these guys are all handcuffed and restricted to do certain, they can't do certain dives. And then, you know, some of the guys aren't very good. It's kind of, it's kind of, I think the technicals for the most part, there's like a handful of guys that are really good. Like Hakon Soriano Jr., Electrico, guys like that, that I could totally see pull off something good in an opener, but you know, unfortunately, they're always in there with like, you know, some of the older veteran Rudos who are kind of not um not there to try to. They're not really trying to make. They're not. They're either not trying to make them look good, or they're just not capable of doing it. They kind of fall into either one of those care categories, and then you maybe have like a third group of guys who are kind of pretty good, but again, they're restricted. They can't do certain things, and it's kind of unfortunate because when you see you see a CML opener. And you compare it to AAA opener. AAA openers are usually really fun. Totally opposite of what CML's openers have become. Um, unless they're in the big show. Um, that's the only time they're really... And, you know, maybe that's a good thing. Now that we're getting a, a monthly big show, that pretty much means that we're at least going to get possibly 12 average to above average openers. Because um, a lot of the CML openers on Fridays have been below average. Um, the second match on the Friday show was... Um, it had a virus in it, and this was like, you know, Black Panther, Blue Panther Jr., Fuego ended up winning. They beat Virus, Kawado-san, and Mysterioso Jr., but man, this was one of these weirdly booked matches where Virus looked like like just a dominant. They were just like, they just had him booked like he was going to dominate the, the Technicos, and he did so in the first fall. I thought that was like so cool to see him because you know he's a he's a tiny guy, but he still he still does plays the role of a bully really well, and they kind of did a great job in the first fall. It made it look like, man, you really want to see Virus in that retirement match, and then in the third fall, it just fell apart. They ended up having him lose. Um, I think he took everyone's like big move at one point or something. They did something really like that just made it look like. Everything they were doing well in the first fall, they just really threw, you know, threw it out the window in the third fall. Um, the third match was the women's match. Um, Amapola, Dallas, and La, Man La Metallica beat Kaho Kobayashi, Princesa Suhei, and Estrellita. Um, Estrellita hit a, a cool tope suicida. Uh, but really, this match was about Kaho Kobayashi and Amapola. Um, they did a really good job, a way better job of um, getting you more excited about their match at Juicio Final than they did the previous week. I think it was the previous week. The match for Lampago where it just looked like they were just not, they just did not look like they were in sync. Um, they didn't look good at all against each other. This time around, they really worked well together. I think Kaho, I think Kaho, like if you were to pick the best female wrestlers in Mexico right now, she is by far the best one in um, CMLL right now. Um, she's probably in the top five in, in Mexico right now, uh, which is unfortunate because she's probably going to leave soon. Um, and that will suck. That'll just mean that CML's women's division is back to the usual um, usual stuff. Uh, but yeah, you know, I thought they're, they're, they're what they did was was really good. And I thought the match, the women's match, was actually better than, than it, the usual women's matches. Um, the fourth match was probably the second best match on the card. Um, Euphoria, Templario, Grand Guerrero beat 
Sobrano Jr., Stuka Jr., Valiente. I thought Sobrano Jr. looked really good working with the the the, Lagun, the, the Guerreros Laguneros. Um, just a really good job. He looked really great. He did his tornillo to the outside. I think his tornillo looks so much cooler f- when he flies from the top rope to the outside because obviously it's a further drop. So he doesn't look like he's just like land. He's not. The dive doesn't look like he's just, you know, he's, he, he, it does like when he does it in the ring, it kind of looks like he just stands and falls. It doesn't look as cool. Whereas when he does it from a higher place and dives, like if the, the extra, like, three to four feet or whatever amount that he gets from that dive going from the top rope to the outside makes it look so much cooler than it does when he does it in the ring. Um, but he was really good. He looked really good in the match. Um, the girls Aguineros were really good also. I thought this was like a cool way to show the, the team without Ultimo Guerrero. It'd be kind of cool if they actually did something with them, those three and had Ultimo Guerrero do his own thing. It would have been cool. I think maybe that's something they could do down the road. Maybe like the non- you, Ultimo Guerrero, Guerrero Guerreros, go up against um, the Dinamitas. Maybe go for the for the national tag team t- national trios titles. I think that would be something pretty cool. Obviously, the the the, the Dinamitas would have to win just because we can't have the we can't have the girls Laguneros holding every title in CMLL. Or the, I mean, it's either the girls Laguneros or NGD that hold the belts like the majority of titles anyways right now. Uh, but I thought that was a good match. Templario's awesome. Um, I thought Grand Guerrero, Guerrero and Euphoria also looked really good. The, the other two technicals, Stuka Jr. Valiente also. Um, it's kind of it's kind of funny how Diamante Azul was in on this show. And it makes me wonder if um, if he's even going to be in Juicio Final. But, you know, honestly, they probably could have done Stuka Jr. as Valiente and Valiente as a tag team. Probably would have been a way better tag team than Valiant and Diamante Azul. But that was a really good match. The fourth match, really good. Uh, far better than the, the stuff prior to that. And far better than the semi-main event, which was basically just building up Mascareño 2000 and Ultimo Guerrero. As Mascareño 2000 teamed up with Cuatrero and Forastero to beat Ultimo Guerrero, Negro Casas, and Felino. This match was very okay. Average. Like I said, just build up to the Ultimo Guerrero Mascareño 2000 feud. Um, they threw a lot of um, um, punches, and they actually hit each other hard enough. Because in post in the post match media media interviews, you could see Mascarano um, Dosmiz. Um, he had a lot of um, bruises in his face and in his chest area, and I think Ultimo Guerrero also had a, a his nose was kind of um, was kind of bruised also. I think they were throwing a little bit. They were throwing in a little bit harder punch to get a little more. I guess they wanted to get more people to think that this was going to be a little more um, realistic or something, you know, like a shoot or something. Um, but I thought that was that match was very average. I don't know if Ultimo Girl versus Mascareño Dos Mil is going to be this great match, but we'll talk about that in a bit. Um, the main event, Mystico beat Barbara Carvernario, and this match was great. I can't even remember the last time. I think the last time I saw Mystico in a singles match was the Nero Casas match Relampago last year. And that match was horrible. I mean, I don't know how many people remember that. That match was really bad. I don't even know if that was Nero Casas and, and Mystico having an off night or was just Mystico looking bad. It was just a bad match. This match was great. Barbara Carvernario was awesome. I think that kind of I think this match kind of sealed Barbara Carvernario as one of the top three, three to I would say he's top three to five in Mexico right now this year. 
honestly, he might be number one just because top three. Just because I think I don't know if I would consider Phoenix and Penta. They're not they're not regulars because they're wrestling so much outside of Mexico um, right now. They wrestle in Mexico, but it's kind of like they're they're wrestling half their time Mexico, the other half in the United States, and they're really not like they're not really they haven't they haven't been pushed as much. I don't think they've done as much in AAA. You know, I don't know. It just they mostly just t- done a lot of tag team wrestling. Even in the Crash, they've mostly done a lot of tag team wrestling. But I think if you're gonna go like top three this year, Psycho Clown has to be up there. Um, Carbonario, you, I would consider Phoenix and Penta somewhere in, the, in there. Although I think Phoenix probably a little more. I'm trying to think who else has been in the in that mix. RMS has been in that mix as one of the top guys. Um, just the guy, just guys who are more regularly working in Mexico. Uh, Titan has been really good. Also, um, Ultimo Guerrero has been very good as well. Um, there's just been a lot of guys. Uh, but I think Carvernario is up there, and he really showed it in this match. I think, and the other thing that was really good about this match was that the Carvernario did such a great job of playing being a heel, a Rudo, that the crowd was actually not as hateful towards Mystico. So they were kind of more of a, they were more, not necessarily pro Mystico, but actually kind of cheering for him, just like they would a, ba- a regular babyface, a Technico. He kind of got the he got that type of reaction. Also, I think maybe the crowd, this crowd was also not. There were probably more tourists there where they weren't gonna hate, be so hateful towards Mystico, um, and Car- but like I said, Carvernar just did a fantastic job from the moment the bell rang. He was playing more of a Rudo, you know, tossing Mystico all over the the the, the ringside area. Um, I think early on he hit him with some the the, the some cable wires. He was just doing a lot more as a Rudo, throwing him over the guardrail. Uh, so I thought that was really good about with that. Plus, I think Mystico also stuck to like his really, you know, just doing dives and stuff. He wasn't. He was mostly selling, because like I said, Carvernario was the one that was just beating on him, uh, pulling his, ripping his mask apart, stuff like that. You know, I think that really helped the match, and I think that, I think this was one of the more complete. To me, this was one of the more complete singles matches I've seen in CML just because the first two falls, there was a lot of energy in them. Like usually in CML, the first two falls, everybody's seen them. One fall will go 30 seconds and the other one will maybe go three minutes and there really isn't that much going on. But this match, they kind of had early on, you know, Carvernario kind of dominating the match, you know, beating up Mystico, Mystico getting an upset win. And then, you know, finally Mystico. And then the third fall was fantastic. I thought it was great how how Carvernario tried to get the win with the with the Cavernaria. Um, he hit his big um, plancha off the off the top rope to the floor. You know they just pulled off all the big moves and then Mystico caught him with La Mystica for the win. Crowd was really into it. Money thrown. Um, like I said, this was a really great match. And I kind of think I do think I kind of agree with um, what a couple of months ago Rush and Dragon Lee said that they didn't think Mystico was getting that big of a push in CMLL I think they kind of like kept them as you know just part of the fun you know technical trios with I, with a combination of Volador Jr his brother Dragon Lee Caristico Valiente you know that type of uh, just a really fun trio that they, they usually have him in but not they haven't done anything with him as far as a singles wrestler and to me the mystical and I think a lot of people make the case that they probably don't because people will boo him. But I also think that, 
you kind of have to do it and you have to find ways. I think that's the responsibility of the of the Rudo or whoever he's wrestling to play it up more as a heel. I mean, we've gotten so many Volador Jr. singles matches and Ultimo Guerrero singles matches. It'd be nice to throw in a couple of different of other guys mixed in there. Uh, we've gotten like a couple of other guys like Niebla Roja, Angel de Oro, Carbonario, Titan, uh, Mephisto. I think they got to throw in a few other guys like Hechicero, Mystico. Hechicero is very vastly underutilized in CMLL. He's a guy that should easily be a, a, in a singles match every single, at least once a month. Uh, that's televised or, you know, streamed or whatever you want to call it. Um, same thing with Mystico. I think he has to be used in that in that fashion too. I think part of, part of the blame also belongs to Mystico. Honestly, if you follow him on social media, you see that he's always in Acapulco. So I kind of, I don't think he takes, I don't think he's in the same mentality that uh, has the same mentality that Dragon Lee and Roosh have as far as their careers go. I think he's okay with being mystical and just being on shows and stuff like that. He hasn't really done anything to like, I think he's really going to have to put in a little more work, more, more effort, or maybe politic his way into getting a little, a little more opportunities and singles matches. Cause I think he could pull it off. I, I think there's enough guys. I think there's enough guys that could get something out of him. Carvernario. Obviously the Nero Casas match was a, was a disaster, but even Nero Casas could probably get something out of him. And there's even like, I wouldn't mind seeing Volador Jr. versus Mystico and Volador Jr. playing it up as a heel. They had that one, I think they had that one match. I think they had a singles match or a tag match where they were on opposite ends and Volador Jr. was just being a total rudo against him and it actually looked cool and it actually worked. And it was only like a two, three minute match because it wasn't a tournament, one of those tournament matches. But um, it actually looked really cool. It's something that they could do also. But I do think they got to do a little more with Mystico. Um, Carbonario is awesome, and I, he, they've done a lot with him this year, and they got to continue doing a lot with him. He's somebody that I don't even get how Ring of Honor has not brought him in once. They got to figure that out because he's somebody that they should actually be bringing in fairly regularly, especially if they could get access to him. I mean, if you're running, if he misses one Friday show, it's not the end of the world because there's. The CML can figure, figure fill out the rest of the show. There, CMLs are so many guys that they don't even use on Friday shows that are pretty good. Hechicero's one, so I think I think that there's there's ways of getting Carvernario and um in Ring of Honor. I just don't I don't know if they've actually been able to um, pry him away, or maybe they just figured they're just not really thinking about about bringing him in. Who knows? But you know. We got to talk about, oh, you know, that was the other thing. Matt Taven was supposed to be on this sh- uh, on one of these shows, and he wasn't on. And the, the belief was that this main event of Mystico Carvernario probably wouldn't have happened if Taven had um, had actually made the trip to Mexico, I think, the week prior. So he would probably would have ended up in a singles match with um, the guest would have been Volod- him versus Volador Jr. again, um, which I don't mind because um, I think they're pretty good matches. And I, I'm, I'm probably more tolerant on watching... Volador Jr. versus anyone single in singles matches than most people. Um, I do feel that they get repetitive, so I actually get the 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 people who don't want to see that. I totally get that. Um, I'm a little more to- tolerant over it just because I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a fan of his. I wouldn't say I'm like a, a super mark for him. It's it's not it's not quite at that level, but you know I don't. It doesn't bother me. It would bother me if, like, every week we were getting Matt Taven versus Volador Jr., then it would be something totally different. But 
but like I said, even even I get tired of seeing that just because it's not so much that I get tired of seeing Volador Jr. in singles matches. It's more that I get tired that CML doesn't do more with other guys in singles matches besides Volador Jr. and and Ultimo Guerrero, Guerrero. And now, you know, at least now they're adding Carvernario and they finally discovered Titan can do more than just Russell Mephisto and Pulvera. At Pulvera, why haven't, why, I haven't seen Pulvera in a singles match in a while. So um, he's somebody else that they, they got to do something with. Um, but, you know, we were fortunate enough to get this match. And I thought that was a good way to lead into the, the Juicio Final show coming up this Friday. This is basically CML's big plan of running a monthly event. And this is the first one, like I said. And originally there were six matches announced. But on Sunday shows, they started doing this um, Relevos Increíbles. They did a series of Relevos Increíbles matches for undercard guys. And they had Virus and Metallico on opposite ends, on opposite sides. And somehow from that undercard trio's Rival, um, Relevos and Creables matches they got Viru, a feud out of Virus versus Metallico which they did a I think they did a singles match and um, and then Virus demanded a Virus demanded no Metallico demanded a hair match and Virus then decided to make it he didn't he suggested that instead of a a, a hair match they should do a retirement match a loser must retire match so this was really weird because I think everybody figured that it, this was going to happen this past Sunday. The reason a lot of people thought it was going to happen on Sundays was because C- CML recently announced that they were going to be airing the Sunday show on a channel called Mexicanese. And um, it air, it's on it's on Mex- in Mexico and it's I think there's some U.S. networks that might actually get cable networks that might actually get that channel. I'm not sure. I don't, I'm not even sure they even air those show, that, that show because uh, a lot of times... The the I don't think sometimes CML does CMLL doesn't realize that what airs in Mexico might not air in the United States on some of those channels. So, um, but it's possible that it airs, and so everybody just assumed that it was going to happen on a Sunday. Um, even Virus and Metallico thought this was this was going to happen this past Sunday, uh, which was uh, May May twenty sixth. But instead of that, um, CMLL had announced that they were going to do a. They actually had Virus scheduled to work the opener on Juicio Final, but when they announced that they were going to have that because of this retirement match, CML had decided that they would actually do this match, Loser Must Retire, Metallico versus Virus. They made this announcement that Virus had been pulled out of Juicio Final and that they would announce the who because they weren't sure he would even be there. So apparently... Initially, I think this match was going to happen on uh, on a Sunday, and I guess somebody in CML must have realized, you know, we need to add something extra to Juicio Final because th- I didn't think that without this match, I don't know if it was that interesting. It, it was that strong of a card. I think there's more interest in Virus versus Metallico in a in a retirement match than anything else on this card, honestly, um, just because. Even like Virus and Metallico were surprised that this actually is going to happen. I I don't know. It kind of like I don't know if they're either really doing a great job of keeping. Um, they're really good at playing poker and they're 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 um they're ke- keeping their poker faces. So everybody's kind of like trying to think, you know, maybe this just came out of nowhere and they're just CML just said, hey, this is a great idea, let's do it. Because Virus Virus said he was surprised that they, that CML had accepted it. 
Uh, but as, like I said, I don't even know if that's even true that he thinks that. Yeah, no idea how this, how they, how they just decided to like switch it over to the, to the Friday show. But you know, I think everyone, I think there's, I don't know. It kind of felt like it just came out of nowhere. So there's like this really kind of intriguing situation where you're kind of wondering why these two guys would put to do this. Uh, maybe one of them finally decided to retire um, just out of the blue because, you know, I think Metallica's kind of gotten a little more popular with the whole Pedro Infante um, lookalike character that he does. But Virus is a really great worker. And I, I think I think there's a small chance that people are kind of worried that he might lose. That would take away one of the really great workers in CML, and that would be a huge loss. Um, he was asked after this past Friday show uh, what what if he had thought about what would happen if he re- if he lost and he basically said that he would just continue training um, new talent in in C- in Arena Mexico for CMLL I don't know that's that's one of those um it just came out of nowhere and it, but I think it does add a little more interest in this in, on the, for this show the entire card I mean it's I think it's good matches for the most part the opener has Black Panther Blue Panther Jr and Reiko Meta versus Kawato-san, Mysterioso Jr., and Disturbio. While the technical side has two really good technicals, the Rudo side has Disturbio. Uh, Mysterioso Jr. can be good at point at some point. At, in, at, I think Mysterioso Jr. can be good at, at times, but I'm not sure this match is really going to be his. Um, it's it's not like he's going to be this the standout of this. Um, I think it comes down to what Reiko Meta and Black Panther do in the match. Everyone else's and and you know, I think Disturbio versus Reiko Meta would be a fun, a fun, a fun ma- matchup to see. The second match is Los Hijos del Infierno, Mephisto, Efesto, and Luciferno teaming up to face Angel de Oro, Niebla Roja, and Soberano Jr. I think that's that should be a pretty good match. Uh, you got the technical trio that has become kind of like the the behind the sky team or whatever. Uh, variation of Sky Team we get. That's like the secondary trio with Angel de Oro, Niebla Sobrano Jr. Uh, they've been really good against the Dinamitas. Uh, so it should be interesting to see what they get out of the Hijos del Infierno. Hijos del Infierno can be a little bit... Um, they're a, lo- a slower Rudo trio, but I think this should be a, a, g- a good match. Um, then we get to the, st- the big matches. The third match is Virus versus Metallico. This is this was announced as a one fall, no time limit, loser must retire match, which was funny because on, on um, I think it was, it was in an inter- interview where um, I think it might have been in Forma where Viru said this was th- no time limit, so he said it's no time limit, so it's longer than ten minutes. So I think it was kind of him like joking about how he never works um, long singles matches nowadays. So in CMLL, so th- this should be. I think this is going to be the match that I think everybody's most in- interested in, just and also the one that we're all going to be concerned about because if Viros loses, that's going to be a big loss for the undercard in CMLL. Just because I, I mean, I like Metallico as as a character, and he's he's actually really good on interviews, also by the way, uh, but he's just he's just so so in the ring, okay at best. So Virus, I kind of think Virus is probably going to win. I'm hoping, fingers crossed. The fourth match, Kaho Kobayashi versus Amapola in a hair match. This is probably 
you know, whereas Virus and Metallica build up, the build up was really two weeks. This one kind of has had a build up of about a month, maybe a little longer. I would say, I would say mostly a month. This is another one I could I could see go either way, just because um, I think a lot of people are, are kind of thinking because uh, they've seen Kaho Kobayashi has her hair longer, so they're thinking maybe she's going to lose her hair. But you know, it was about a month ago, a couple of weeks ago. I noticed Amapola was on CML Informa. I think this was when she was on with Marcella and somebody else, and they were talking about, you know, women's wrestling. I can't remember what they were talking about. And she, I noticed she was wearing braces. So usually when someone is wearing braces or has something that they have, like something, like some new, like suit or something, or, you know, they're, they're getting married, or even if they're like, there's some change in their life, like braces. Something like that, you kind of start wondering maybe they're the ones that are going to, you know, lose their hair, um, lose the hair match, you know, get the big payday. Um, but, you know, like I said, this is one of those that's also kind of intriguing just because Kaho Kobayashi, I do agree, she's kind of grown her hair a little longer. Very colorful also. Um, somebody who was the one that lost his hair recently that had um, like perp- like red hair. I totally can't remember. I'm blanking on it. I think it was Angel de Oro that, or Niebla Roja won the hair. Yeah, I'm blanking on it. But yeah, I kind of think that's that's something that because I know it had to be Niebla Roa because he keeps um hair in wrapped in plates for some reason, which is really funny. Um, no, it was no, it was Disturbio. Disturbio lost his hair. Yeah, he lost his hair um, to um God. Who did he lose his hair to? It was on a Saturday show, I think. He had the purple hair, so that's that's just my thing. The 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 different. It just it, it adds a little more color to the whole thing. Um, so there's that. There's her having different hair color and I'm a polo having braces. It's a matter of what you think is what that person who needs the money more. And I kind of have a feeling I'm a polo might need the money more for her braces. The fifth match is Diamante Azul and Valiente defending the CML world tag team titles against Euphoria and Gran Guerrero. I can't even remember the last time I saw Diamante Azul uh, on a CML show. He might've been on something that was recent. I haven't seen them recently. I kind of hope Euphoria and Grand Girl win just because I think you could get more out of them as a tag team and they could feud with, you know, Angel. They've already, they've, they've already got that rivalry, rivalry with Angel de Oro and Niebla Roja, who I think are really the tag team in CMLL at the moment. Or, you know, even Dragonland Mystico, the other tag team that might be, be actually pretty good. There's a little more options. Whereas with Diamante Azul and Valiente, I mean, honestly, I've seen, I think they've done, um, Bestia the Ring and, and they were going to do Bestia the Ring and um, was it Terrible versus them? And it was like, that sounded like a horrible match. Yeah, it was that in Puebla. And they switched when that was on Diamante Azul said no, was, was hurt or something. And they did, they switched it over to Terrible versus Valiente. So for the national heavyweight title. Um, but you know, that match might be good. And I'm hoping there is a tag title change. The sixth match is what I just said about Mystico. He's always in the, the, the fun technical trio. He's teaming up with Caristico and Volador Jr. versus La Peste Negra. Carvernario, Mr. Niebla, Negro Casas. That should be good. There is that slight risk that Mr. Niebla might show up, you know, not able to wrestle. But I think this, I think lately he hasn't been that bad. So I think maybe he's, he's, on, he's, on, he's on good behavior right now. The one that's kind of been acting out has been um, Zechariah El Perico. But um, that should be a good match. I could see that being um, 
something. I could totally see that trio at some point maybe challenging one for the. I wouldn't be shocked if um, Caristico, Mystico, Volador Jr. become like they end up like if they do the ne- next big show in June, they could be in a trios match with um with either NGD or um Girls Laguneros. Um, the seventh match, the main event, Ultimo Girl versus Mascarena dos Mil in a hair match. I mean, this is like the no brainer. I think we all know Mascarena dos Mil is almost. I would say ninety nine point nine 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 percent losing that match. I can't see Ultimo Girl losing his hair to Mascarena dos Mil on this Juicio Final show. His hair is something that should be like lost on an anniversary show on a Dos Leyendas. Um, this show, I think it would be like something that, I mean, they could do it here, but I mean, because it's just hair, but, you know, I don't see him losing to Mascarano Dos Mil. Uh, and I do kind of expect some interference in that match. Uh, but overall, I think this show should be good. Uh, where can you watch it? Who knows? Could It might stream for free on um, through Claro Sports. And if Claro Sports is region blocked, uh, I'm sure the Cubs fan will actually stream it since he has... Um, he knows all how to he knows how to get through the break through the the whole region block stuff uh, and then obviously it would probably be posted on YouTube and also I think there's also the chance that the Saturday show will also air that if you if you have um Univi, was a Univ, Univ, is a Deportes or Televisa Deportes I don't know what it is but that channel then it should be on there the following day, at least some form of this. I would guess at least the hair, the two hair matches would be on that. Um, I think that's. I would. I would think that I wouldn't be shocked if the the loser must retire match ends up on the the other show that they're doing in um for the other for the other company. Although I could, I wouldn't be shocked because I think this last um this last week they added a, an, an extra half hour to the show, um, so. It might be possible that they might actually get all three matches on, on Univision. De- I think it's Univision Deportes, right? Yeah. Um, so that's what is scheduled for Juicio Final. CML also announced, and I think this is probably going to be the, the the plan for the for the June show. But they announced a Copa Dinastia tag team tournament. This is basically a tag team tag teams featuring um, family members. So you might get like um, Dragon Lee and Mystico, um, although I don't think you could get Dragon Lee because he's in. Um, he might actually be back in time for this, but I kind of not sure. I'm. I would guess he, it's possible that he will be there. Um, I think he would be. I think he would be available for the second group. But if not, you know they could just. I think it's only eight teams, so it's not. It's not that. Um, it's not going to be. Because they already have the the Chavez brothers, the girls, um, Rush and Rush is there, the Casas family. Um, I'm trying to think what other Volador Junior and Flyer. So they have enough. I I think they have enough. Um, the Panthers. So there's enough family members to do eight teams. Uh, so they should actually be able to do that. That's something that they're pretty much bringing from the the Fantastic Mania tour. Um, they previously did the trios tournament. That was this, the Copa Dinastia. That was a trios. Um, if you remember that, the the winning trio was supposed to get a a title shot. A trio. I think it was a. I think it might have been the CML World Trios titles, and it ended up 
being the Casas family that won that. And they actually didn't get the title shot to like May or something. It happened, that tournament happened like in November and they didn't get their shot to like, not even May, it might've been June or July. Uh, might've been later than that. Uh, but people just constantly kept bringing it up. I think I think I might've interviewed one of the Casas family members while that was going, like before they were even got the shot. Cause I think one of them told me that they had no idea when that was going to happen. Um, also, on the Sunday show, they had Nero Casas chat. Um, they had a trios match, and Nero Casas after the match, Nero Casas challenged Sobrano Jr. for the he wanted a shot at the national welterweight title, so that seems to be in the in the works. And then Sobrano Jr. Um, challenged Nero Casas to a mask versus hair match, so that might actually be another match that might actually be part of the next big show for CMLL. Um, I'm kind of curious if they're actually really going through this whole idea of the big shows, if they're going to actually pull it off. I mean, just going through it, um, January, you have your, um, you know, the best of show, which is like the first week of January. February, I don't, they don't have anything. Uh, March, Dos Leyendas. April, I don't think they have anything for April. I think they celebrate when, no, they actually celebrate um, the anniversary or New Mexico's anniversary or something, I think. Um, but they don't really do anything. May, they're doing Juicio Final. Um, June, they haven't, I, I can't remember the last time they did anything. July, they haven't, I don't think they've done anything in, in the last couple of years. August, obviously they're going to build around the Natalia Vasquez, Torneo Cibernetico, um, and maybe some of the women will remember who that is. Um, September is the anniversary show. And then October, they do the Dia de Muertos show in for in the final Friday and then the f- first Tuesday of November. Uh, so that would cover that. They did their Grand Prix in October. So they could always move the Grand Prix to like July or August. And then November, November they have the Legends show. And then December, they have Sin Piedad. So there's... I think honestly, I mean, they have they have enough shows. They they have enough. Like if they planned it properly, they would be fine. But the problem is they don't plan properly. And then the other thing is like it, they could move Grand Prix around, but then Grand Prix, like you're, if you're going to do Mexico versus the world, now you're going to have like a lot of scheduling conflicts because um, you're depending on New Japan and and Ring of Honor and whatever local you know. Obviously, Okumura fills Okumura or Kawato-san or Dark Magic will fill one or two of those spots in the Grand Prix turn uh, for the team. Team um, the foreigner, the foreigners. Um, but then you have to go figure out, you know, five, you know, five or six other guys, and you know, we lost Michael Elgin now that he's in Impact. Um, so I would think that would be a little more difficult just because CML doesn't really do a lot of scouting. Uh, you know, I would think, I mean, I think there's a way to do it, but, you know, that's that would be the, the one show that I think is the the rough, the tough one to figure out, just for them. Because um, now they, there's even been, like, the women kind of wanting to do a, a Grand Prix for the women. Um, that wouldn't be a bad idea if they could feel the, figure that out, but I don't know what, I have no idea what CML is going to do. Um, they could bring in those two guys from The Crash, the Mecca Wolf and um, Adam Brooks, I thought they were really good. I don't know. I mean, that, I think they do have enough to like figure out at least, 
they could easily figure out at least six or seven of these big shows. I think it's going to be hard just for the Grand Prix and then figure out what, what else is they could possibly do to be a big show. Um, you don't want to become... I think that's the, the hard thing. Like, You can't have like that many hair matches or mask matches during a year um, because it's just going to be like a little bit of a waste of time. I think they should probably do a Night of Champions, just do like six title matches. Um, I don't think they would ever do that, but I mean, they have... 18 to 20 titles in CML. If they did a champion, like a night of champions, I think they could pull that off. And, you know, they wouldn't even have to use all of them because it just used six titles. I think that would be something worth doing. Um, I don't know. There's, there's shows, they, there's stuff they could do. Um, hopefully, this is actually something that they are going to plan on doing um, and stick with it. So, I guess we should start talking about AAA, which I thought was a this past Saturday show was really good. Um, I recommend you guys watch it. If you have a Twitch account, you should go out of your way to watch the show. Um, I think start to finish. If you can't watch start to finish, just watch. Just I would recommend at least watching the the third, fourth, and fifth match. I would say those would be the matches to watch, and maybe even the second match. I thought was pretty good, but you know. I just thought it was a really good show, honestly. Like, because even like the the matches I wasn't high on, I thought were just good matches. Um, but I thought the third and fifth match were really, really, really good. Um, the fifth match was great. Um, the opener had La Parquita back uh, from his injury, and he was actually doing really well. He, I think, he did a tornado a tornado to the outside, which I thought was really cool. Um, the Rudos were really solid in the match. Eclipse, Eclipse Jr., who was previously Lancelot. Um, I think, I don't know. I think, I don't remember Lancelot being a mini. I remember him just being a, a regular sized dude that kind of teamed up with minis when they did the the mixed mix ta mix tri tags, trios, relevos de locura, and all that stuff. But um, I, I don't know. Maybe he's regressing now that he's been given a new, new name and now he's like a mini. Um, and I don't think he's a mini. He's he's kind of like a tall mini, uh, but you know, I thought I thought that was a really good opener. Not as good as some of the like those crazy. I think I think I think I kind of think Tijuana and Mexicali shows are basically going to be the shows that are going to have these crazy openers. And anything outside of those those places, the openers are going to be good, but they're not going to be as crazy as that. Um, and I thought this was just a good opener. Um, after the opener, Daga came out, and I, I, he's been getting a huge push in in AAA. He's, he's basically putting down everything about the pearls and mal, and how people are still living in the past. And he did he did a really good job of insulting the crowd. And then Taya showed up, confronted him, and she's Taya speaks good English, good Spanish. Um, that was something I I, I think. I think that's something that I heard what Taya and Marco Corleone did while while they're in Mexico with Marco in the past and now Taya presently. Um, I think that kind of shows you how dedicated they were to Lucha Libre and accepting the whole. They really got into it, got into the Mexican culture and kind of it's kind of become part of them. So it's kind of funny when people don't call like I know when people she takes she takes offense when people don't consider her like a luchadora. I kind of think she is just because. I mean, when you take that much 
when you're not really you're yeah you're a foreigner but you take so much um of the mexican culture with you and you take the time to learn the language i think you're really i think you kind of have you've kind of earned your stripes um being you know being in that being allowed to be called a luchador i mean Luch i mean marco to me i mean he kind of was somebody that just was able to blend his style in perfectly with um lucha libre and i think taya i don't think taya's style quite blends into lucha libre but i think what she does as far as being a character and you know her 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 promo skills and um just kind of being more open to all that stuff i think she's kind of she's kind of accept she's kind of filled into that i don't find her i don't think you know when you tell me a foreigner tessa's a foreigner to me tessa blanchard is a foreigner um kaho kobayashi is a foreigner um, Taya kind of has already become like, oh, she's just, you know, wera loca, but, but she's, or she, she's part of the, she's kind of more Mex, she, I don't know, she's more Mexican, I guess you could say she's more Mexican than, than some of the foreigners. Um, but I thought that was a cool spot, part of the show where they kind of, they have their confrontation, they have a fight, Tessa comes out, and um, they, they double team her, and then Loretto Kid makes a save. Um, I think Tessa's really good. I think that's the one thing, um, especially in the in the in the trios match. I'll I'll mention just what I thought about her when when she was in in her match. But um, I thought that was a good segment right there with with the whole um, you know they're I guess they're now feuding with Taya, both Daga and Tessa, and Taya. I don't know if Taya's gonna bring in Johnny Mundo, but um, for right now she's she's with Loretto Kid, and I think she's teaming up with Willie Mack um, on an upcoming show. So after that, we get the storyline of Lady Maravilla, Nino Hamburguesa, and Big Mommy. And the match itself was pretty good. I mean, Viano 3 Jr. is great. Uh, Drastic Boy was really good. Um, and, you know, the crowd is really into Big Mommy and Nino, Nino Hamburguesa. Uh, we got to see Tiger Boy, or as he's listed as, Tigger Boy in this match. And he was actually really good as well. And I thought this match was pretty good. Um, but it was more storyline than anything else. So if you're not into story, this storyline, you're probably not gonna like the match as much. Um, but it's it was good. I mean, just because you're you can't have a bad match with Viano Three Junior and Drastic Boy in the match, it's gonna be a, a good match. Lady Maravilla has been really solid in 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 AAA. Um, you know, she made the right decision. I mean, if you watched her in CML when she was doing Forma and all these other interviews. She had a lot more personality, and um, I think she would have just <laughs> died a slow death in um, those random ongoing trios uh, matches that the women are, are forced to do in CML. Um, I think it works for certain women, but for her, she kind of has more personality, and I think Triple I figured it out, Conan figured it out, and they've really done a great job with the storyline. Uh, I like how the crowd was so wanting Big Mommy and Nino Hamburguesa to kiss each other uh, at one point Conan on commentary that's the other thing Conan was on commentary with um, Jose Manuel Guillen which is probably the best commentary crew that AAA could put together and Conan on on, on, uh, on the mic was like he was like I don't understand why Big Mommy or Lady Marvia are interested in Nino Hamburguesa um, he sees nothing and then he, and I think he made a he made a joke about the whole. Um, I think everybody's heard of that the the game fuck Mary kill. Um, he 
he kind of he kind of made a it wasn't like completely like he said the whole thing but he kind of said he said well you know it, maybe maybe Nino Burguesa can have um Lady Marvia on the side and marry Big Mommy uh which was pretty funny but you know the storyline again Nino Burguesa decides to leave with Lady Maravilla um, still putting in doubt one of the best tag teams in in all of wrestling because um, oddly enough Nino Burguesa and Big Mommy are probably like if you did a list of top 10 tag teams I mean they would have to be on the list just because they've been the I think they've been the longest reigning tag team champions as far as um in you know the bigger promotions in uh, Mexico I mean we got to do like a top 10 tag teams in uh, Mexico right now they got to be in there I mean they got to up there, be up there with the Lucha Brothers, uh, Chavez Brothers. Who else is there? Diamante Azul and Valiente. They're way better than Diamante Azul and Valiente. Um, I think what Aramis and Imposible. Uh, I'm trying to think who else is the tag team. The Mecca Wolf and Adam Brooks tag team for one one um, CML show. Uh, La Yedra and Viano 3 Jr., although I think that's that's pretty much done. Tejano Jr. and Ray Scorpion, they got to be up there. I think Big Mommy and Nino and Burgess have earned their spot as one of the best tag teams in Mexico. Um, but that was a, a fun segment. I do like the storyline. kind of reminds me of the whole Billy Boy, uh, uh, Fabio Apache storyline. It kind of it has that type of um, feel to it. The only difference is it doesn't have the, the great skits that that, 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 that whole storyline had with Grand Apache. But it kind of feels that type of storyline. I, I see it being something that's really um, that could go a long, a long way, because you're just you're eventually going to have to figure it, settle it. Um, it could be something that ends up being good for, you know, for Big Mommy and Nino Ambergas, or it could be the end of a of their tag team. Who knows? Um, the third match on the show, I thought this was this was a surprise match. Um, Dinastia beat La Parca Negra and Flamita. Which was a total shock, just because this match was not scheduled, and I don't even think Flamita was listed on this show. I know La Parca Negra was scheduled for the he was scheduled to be in Tiger Tiger Boy spot in the previous match, so when he didn't appear for that, I think everybody was like, "Oh, I guess he's not gonna be in this," but he ended up being in this match, and Dinastia winning this was a total shock. This match was really good. I thought this match had the same problem that the. The match from last year between Phoenix, Bandito, and um, Flamita had was a really great trios match, a great three-way match, but it didn't get any heat from the crowd, and I thought this match kind of had the same issue, but it was really good. Um, these guys were really outstanding. La Parca Negra is really good, um, and I thought it was good to see Dinastia kind of being moved up to these guys, to Flamita and La Parca Negra's level. I think Flamita is supposed to be heading on a Japan tour, um, so he might he kind of came in and did the, you know, did the job to help elevate. You know, I don't was he the one that I I can't remember he was the one that allowed. Well, you know, he lost the match because you know Dynasty obviously won, but um, it kind of seemed like it was their way of like getting Dynasty a big win. Um, I don't know if they're gonna do more with Dynasty. Also, the other thing I noticed was Dynasty is a lot smaller than Flamita. Also, so I I can see why they don't do more with him, but I also don't. I also think they could do way more just because even as a as a mini, he's somebody that should be more frequent. He should be a, a far more um, regular. He should be on more shows than he ha, he was on the path in the past. Um, the fourth match was the women's match with Tessa Blanchard, Kara, and Chica Tormenta beating Taya, Fabi Apache, and Lady Shani. 
I thought this match was pretty good. Um, Tessa Blanchard is really good. Um, I made a comment on my Twitter where I wish Tessa Blanchard had wrestled <laughs> in that match. Why didn't she wrestle Anibal Jr.? Um, Daga actually got a lot out of Anibal Jr., but I think Tessa Blanchard might have got more out of him. I think she's really good. I mean, I I, I don't I haven't seen her that often, but she's um she's 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 really. I think the only thing is that you kind of notice that the the Rudas at times they kind of weren't in sync when they were doing triple team spots, but when they were doing their own thing, it was perfectly fine. Um, the finish was kind of um, lame with Daga interfering and then Hijo Tirantes kind of not caring and letting the them take advantage and win the match. Then you had the whole post-match thing with Hijo Tirantes and um, and Fabia Pachi, which they're gonna have a they're gonna have a singles match at Verano de Scandalo. Um, I think that was like. The finish, I think a lot of people are going to be down on the finish, but the match itself was pretty good. Chica Tormenta has been really good in, in AAA. It's funny watching this match. At one point, I think people thought Kira and Lady Shani would be the best women, you know, as they, as you know, they're, they, since they signed Kira, I, I always thought she was going to be somebody that was going to be a lot, a lot better. But it kind of feel, I kind of feel like Chica Tormenta and Tessa Blanchard have already passed her. And then I also kind of feel like Lady Shani still hasn't really reached that level of surpassing Fabi Apache or any... Like, I actually don't... I think Tessa and, and Chica Tormenta are actually better than Lady Shani also. Um, I kind of don't get the same feeling. I just don't think she's as, as good as Fabi. And I don't think... I think she's kind of starting to slip as far... And, you know, it's also because of the booking and how AAA books certain people because um, they're focusing on certain things, so... She maybe hasn't had the chance to shine. And she was in that feud with Fabi Apache, but a lot of those matches had a lot of weird shit with um, Hijo de Tirantes. Um, the fifth match was the best match on the show and was probably the sec- second best match of the of the weekend as far as female AAA shows go. Hijo del Vikingo and Loretto Kid and Mysticis Jr. beat Eterno, Superfly, and Australian Suicide. Eterno's first match back in AAA I think he's. I think Eternal's somebody that really should be a regular either in CML or AAA. I don't know why he isn't. Uh, he well, obviously with AAA, I know why because he had that issue with them from getting injured, and I think he kind of like he kind of soured on them for a while. And I think maybe Conan was the one that talked them into coming back. But you know, I think CML should have been a promotion that should have at least tried to talk him into being, you know, somebody that they could use in a third or fourth match, especially as a Rudo in that capacity just because it's such a good base for the technicals and i think right now the the cml rudos they have so many guys that aren't that aren't good bases like bestial that ring and the eagles in Fierno have gotten a little older and then the undercard rudos aren't that great as, as bases then you have kuato san as a horrible base so you're not really you don't really have as many good guys like that and i think eterno would have been a good fit for that but i also think the fact that he's you know he's got horns now and he's painting himself like a devil. I could I, actually that might actually work more for CML because they have the whole Eos del Infierno and all that, all those um, all those type of characters. But you know in this in this match I thought he was really solid. Um, Superfly and Australian su- Suicide were really good as well. Um, the Hinetas del Aire were fantastic. Hijo del Viking was awesome. He did this really cool springboard shoulder tackle off the ropes, which was fucking awesome and obviously did all these other great dives and stuff 
but I thought that was a really cool spot. Um, Loretto Kid is really good. Uh, Mysticies Jr., I'm still kind of a little down on him. I think I mentioned this in, in one podcast where I thought, I kind of view Mysticies Jr. kind of like CML's Mystico, where I they're just, you know, the copies of Caristico. So, you know, they're like kind of okay, but they're not that great. So it's kind of like, I think this for this week, I have the CML Mystico in a higher, uh, I, I have a higher opinion of him than I have of Mysticis Jr. for this week. Although Mysticis Jr. was good, but I just think, um, I think he's kind of like, he's still, and also he's also just, a, I think he's a little younger than, he's been, a, he's not, he hasn't been around as much as uh, Mystico. Uh, so, you know, maybe, maybe as he builds that up, he'll, he'll be a little bit, um, he'll be a little um, more consistent, a little more entertaining. Uh, but in this match, he was really good. I think right now, like I said, I think he's more of a trios guy. Honestly, he's more of a trios guy. And uh, whereas Hijo Vikingo and, and Loretto Kid, Loretto Kid are really, um, they could work in any like a singles tag trios. It doesn't matter. They're just going to be really great. Um, but that was the match to watch. Um, the sixth match: Daga, Chessman, and Taras beat Murder Clown, Drago, and Pagano. I was totally. This match was really good. And I think the funniest thing is that Murder Clown, if you watched Lucha Capital in December, you know Murder Clown has improved. And you've seen it from that moment going forward. He has been really good. He's not just a... He's a far better worker. I think if if he could be... He's kind of like... He's kind of gone from being a guy who I thought was like a really horrible wrestler that I would never want to see to somebody who I... I he's very... pat. He's actually a good... He's good in his role, and he's a very good. He's very good at, as be, for being a big guy. Um, plays that role really well. Um, you know, this had Pagano and Chessman. I was expecting this to be horrible. It ended up being pretty good. Um, Daga was really outstanding. Uh, same with Drago and Taurus. Taurus is just fucking great. So I mean, I think that I think that's the. I think that's what's helping. I think that's what's also helping um, AAA main events that they were able to add Taurus and Puma King to their main events. And those two guys are just really good workers. Um, so like, even if the match isn't, it might not be that great. It actually just moves up a little, a notch better just because they're in it. And I felt this was actually kind of good because of that. Um, oddly enough, they had a table set up and, Pagano did not go through the table. I think it ended up being Drago that went through the table. Um, trying to remember. I think it might have been Drago. Daga and Drago. One of those guys. Somebody went through the table and I was kind of surprised that it wasn't Pagano. Which was really strange. Uh, but this was this basically had a finish where Ch- Chessman spit red mist into Pagano's face and fouled him. Pagano challenged Chessman to, a, to whatever type of death match he wanted or or cage match, or he even offered to put a a, a, a face paint versus face paint match. Um, Daga challenged Drago for the Latin American title. Um, I thought this was really, uh, I thought this was a cool way to set up some some future singles matches. Um, but the match itself was was I thought it was better than I expected. Uh, after that, they went to Jesus Uniga where he announced that the Young Bucks had retained the AAA tag titles at AEW's Double or Nothing show. Um, so they would actually be defending the titles against the Lucha Brothers again at Verano de Scandalo. 
So, you know, I think that kind of saved the whole Verano Scandalo thing because although I think it just had the, the Lucha Brothers defend it, although I think kind of more than anything, it kind of made sure that the Young Bucks would be the ones defending the titles and showing up. They would actually show up. The main event from the Saturday show was Dr. Wagner Jr., Puma King, and Psycho Clown, and La Parca beating Rey Scorpion, Tejano Jr., Blue Demon Jr., and La Yedra. Uh, this was actually a pretty good main event. I think because, you know, obviously Psycho Clown is at that level where he's just really out there working hard. Then you have Puma King added to the mix, and then you have Rey Scorpion, who's another guy who works hard all the time, Tejano Jr. Um, Dr. Wagner Jr., Blue Demon Jr., mostly, you know, just beat the crap out of each other. Um, they did the whole old man punches type of thing, you know, where they're kind of like, you know, two drunk guys fighting. Um, it's got to be tough for Dr. Wagner Jr. to be wrestling right now just because he's he's still dealing with the passing of his brother. But, you know, I thought this was a pretty good match. La Yedra, I think that was the only thing, like, you know, I think they, I would have added another Rudo and another guy in this because at certain points, like, guys had to work with La Yedra and they were doing stuff with her. And I kind of... I think at one point Puma King actually I think Puma King did a dive at her and everyone was worried that she might have gotten knocked out but she's a really good base but I think Puma King might be a, a couple a couple of weight classes above her. I think Puma told me he was a, a light heavyweight. <laughs> so, yeah, he he's a he's a little compared to the guys that she usually catches um Hijo Vikingo who's more of a he might actually be like a, a lightweight. Um I don't even think he's a welterweight. So, you know, and I think there's been a couple of other guys that she's worked with that were at max were welterweights. So catching a, a, a guy who's a little bit bigger, um, that was, you know, but she still held her own. I, I actually do like her as part of the Mercenarios. It's an upgrade to La Mascara, honestly. Uh, so I thought that was a good main event. Galeno del Mal got involved. That's one of Dr. Wagner Jr.'s. That's the other son. Uh, I like how um, Conan didn't know who it was. So he asked Jose, Ma- Jose Manuel. And he told him, and he's like, well, he, that guy needs to lose a few pounds if he's going to be a wrestler. And he did. He was a big guy. Um, I'm surprised Samuano wasn't with um, Ray Scorpion, but that I don't know why. But, you know, that that was kind of like a, that was just, just an overall good show, I thought. It's not the lead-in to the, to the Verano Escandalo, because I think they have at least, I think they have a show before Verano Escandalo. They might have another show before that also. They have two shows, actually, because they have the, the one in Monterey on June 9th, and then there's one on June 15th, the day before uh, Verano Scandal, although I don't think that one's going to be like a big, um, that's not something that's going to be building up to that. I would find, I mean, it could, but I don't, I think it's going to be overloaded if they actually air that on Twitch. The, 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 the June 9th show in Monterey should be the one that should be the final buildup. Uh, but the Verano the Scandalo lineup was announced for June 16th and this will be in Merida, Yucatan. The opener will be Kara versus Lady Shani versus Chica Tormenta. I think it's for the AAA Reina the Reina's title. I, it might not be. Um it's possible, but you know at one point at one point they actually had somebody else that was also going to challenge for um the title. God, I forgot. I think it was Starfire. She was going to challenge and for whatever reason, now it's Kira and Chica Tormenta, Lady Shani. I, I think they just wanted to do two heels versus um, Lady Shani. Um, the second match is the Fabi Apache Holtirantes match. I would assume they're gonna they're gonna change the lineup um, because I think this kind of 
this kind of goes against what they're um I would I wouldn't want to have that back to back. I would think they wouldn't want Fabi versus Dios Tirantes maybe as the third match. So I wouldn't be shocked if they move the the what's currently the third listed as the third match, which was Maximo and Mamba versus Sammy Guevara and Australian Suicide. Maybe they drop that to the second match, and then they move Fabi Apache versus Hijo Tirantes as the third match. This has a lot of um a lot of women on the card also, and three actually intergender matches if you want to call them. Inter- it's three inter- intergender matches with this one, and then um. After the the fourth match is going to be Loretto Kid and Taya versus Dagan Tesla Blanchard, which was actually set up at this past show, um, this past weekend. Um, before that, the the third match with Maximum Mamba, ver- Mamba versus Sammy Guevara and Australian Suicide. I mean, I don't even know if Sammy's going to be there, but I think that's I think Sammy and Australian Suicide are supposed to be in a faction uh, in AAA, but who knows? That could be one of those factions that was there for one. One shot and never happens again. But that match, I'm not really that excited about. Um, I could see if Maximo has his working boots on, I could see that being good. Um, I do think the Loretto Kit Taya versus Daga Tesla Blanchard match should be good, um, just because I think they're gonna want to have a really good match. And obviously, Taya and Tessa have been really. Um, I think they've been feuding uh, in um, Impact as well, but Daga and Loretto Kit are really good. The fifth match. Is Pagano, Aerostar, Puma King versus Chessman, Monster Clown, Killer Clown, um, Killer Cross. I was going to say Killer Clown. Um, Killer Clown is not in AAA. Killer Clown is still in the Torreon, Coahuila region as part of the Clown family. Um, this is Killer Cross where he will be met. He will be accompanied by Scarlet Bordeaux. Um, this basically is, um, I, it's building up this. I think this is more building up, um, some singles matches for, for fu- future shows. Um, Pagano obviously is feuding with Chessman, Aerostar has been feuding with Monster Clown and Puma King has been built feuding with Killer Cross. Um, so they put all these feuds into one trios match. Uh, I think this match might be the one that actually has a little bit more of an issue just because the Rudos are a little more, um, you know, they're a lot bigger than Aerostar and Puma King. Uh, it might be good. I don't know. Uh, we, I, I've seen people have like different opinions of Killer Cross. People who have seen him wrestle in the U.S., um, they've, they've kind of been a little more warm to him, whereas people have mostly watched him in AAA. They've kind of been more down on him. So I don't know what to expect from this match. Uh, I could see it being... I wouldn't be shocked if it's just... I think it's going to get a good reaction just because that's Pagano in it. And I'm sure Pagano is going to do something where he's going to, you know, light himself on fire or something that will get the crowd going. Puma King and Aerostar always work hard. So I kind of expect this match to at least be a, an okay match. Um, the sixth match is really weird as it has La Parca teaming up with Mysticis Jr. and Hijo del Vikingo versus Tejano Jr., Rey Scorpion, and La Yedra. Los, los, the new mercenarios with La Yedra in there. Obviously, La Yedra is there to combat La Parca. This that match should actually be good, just because you're if you take La Parca out of the match, which they always usually do, they usually like injure him, so they might actually take him out. If not, they could have Tejano Jr. work with him and like just having them being outside the ring, or you know the take the Rudos could take turns. But um, Hijo de Vikingo Mysticis Jr. are made to work with Rey Scorpion and La Yedra. Like I said earlier, La Yedra is a surprisingly good base for some of the lighter weight guys in um, 
in C in AAA. So I think that match should be. I think it's going to be okay at best. Uh, might be good, uh, but I mean, I don't. I don't think they're expecting a lot out of it. Hijo Vikingo is going to just be a standout. The seventh match is probably the one that everybody's most excited about. Um, and just to see if the Young Bucks, the reaction for them will be a lot different. I think it will be, just because now you, they people are, they've they've seen them at the video, they've seen the matches from Ray the Reyes, they've kind of probably from seeing them on that show, they probably gone and you know maybe gone another way to look, find more information on them. They've kind of, they've kind of um, there's actually more of a rivalry between them. They have the whole AEW thing, the big that big show that just happened. So there's a little more behind it for those for those two tag teams, and um, I could totally see the Lucha Brothers regaining those those titles. I think everybody's kind of just waiting uh, for Lucha Underground to see what happens with Lucha Underground. If it if it if it dies, if if it dies, then I totally see. Like a lot of people assume that because these guys are in AAA that they're going to stay stay with. That this partnership is going to be long term with AAA, I don't see that being a long term thing. I could totally see AEW at some point. I think there's going to be so many changes, and I'll talk about this later because I do want to talk about AEW. Um, I didn't watch the the, the pay per view, but I do want to talk about just the whole the the build up to the, what they're doing, and um, I I think it's something that's going to help the business long term. Um, you know, in the future, I don't know if it's going to be a long term thing because we don't know. Um, We've seen stuff that does well, and then I think this has the most potential of anything that's come up since WCW died. We've seen other promotions come and go, but I think this is the one that's probably going to be the one that lasts the longest. Um, but you know, I think, like I said, let me get to the tag match. It should be a good match. Uh, some people don't like the Young Bucks. Uh, I I think I think they're I think there's stuff that they do that kind of if they don't do the comedy stuff, I think they're perfectly fine, and. Um, because they did the, a lot of comedy stuff in um, when they were in the crash and their tag matches, but when they're working with the the, the Lucha Brothers, I think they'll this will be a fun match. I think it'll be good. Uh, the eighth match, the main event, is Doctor Wagner Jr. and Psycho Clown versus Blue Demon Jr. and Taurus. Obviously, Taurus and Psycho Clown added into this match means it's going to be a, a far better match than just having Blue Demon Jr. and and Doctor Wagner Jr. in there. Um, I think. Obviously, it's just building up to Triple Mania. I would not be shocked if there's some interference or something just to like build up something for Blue Demon Jr. I don't know what's going to happen with that. Um, what more can you possibly do to build up Blue Demon Jr. Jr. versus Dr. Wagner Jr.? I cannot see. I cannot imagine Blue Demon Jr. dropping his mask at Triple Mania to, to Dr. Wagner Jr. I would be shocked. But um, I think this match should be okay at best. Uh, but, you know, really, I think on the show... Everything has a potential of being good. At the same time, there's a lot of matches that could be like in that, you know, could potentially be just okay. So it's it's just a, a mixed bag, honestly. It's not a like there's not a to me the Young Bucks and the Lucha Brothers are is really the one match that stands out, and then everything else, there's a chance that it could be good. It could there's an, also a chance it could be just an okay match. Who knows? But I think it's a it's a pretty good looking card, honestly. I I don't I don't think it's gonna be anything that I'm gonna be down. Like I will probably watch that show just because it actually has stuff that I'm interested in watching, and it kind of 
even though they do have some guys that I don't like to watch, they kind of mixed in guys who kind of can work with them. You know, the main event, they've added Taurus and Psycho Clown. They have that other match with Laparka in it, but they actually have a really good Mercenarios trio going against them. And then, like, even that match where they have, you know, Monster Clown, Chessman, and Killer Cross in it. They at least have Aerostar and Puma King in it. So, like, everything, I think the only one is probably the third match. But, you know, I think Sammy Guevara and Australian Suicide can get something out of that, out of Mamba Maximo. And I think Maximo might be able to do something. I would not be shocked if Maximo at some point decides to leave AAA just because he's kind of keep being kept low on the cards. I don't know. It's kind of weird. Maximo, I mean, if they could, if they, I think him and La Mascara, if they had to do it all over again, they probably wouldn't have wrecked Ultimo Guerrero's car because, you know, Maximo right now would probably be working main events in, in CML. He probably would have never lost that, that world heavyweight title. Um, he probably would have been in main events. Uh, La Mascara, the same thing. And now look, La Mascara had to leave AAA and Maximo is working a third match on a card. I think the I think he's, well, you know, even as champion, he worked like second and third matches, but on big, like on anniversary shows. But usually he's, you know, in regular Friday shows, he was always like high on cards. So, you know, that that's that's somebody who probably regrets what he did. But he's also probably hopeful that you know, with all these changes in, in wrestling uh, coming up with AEW, I think he's probably looking forward to what the landscape's going to look like down the road. So as far as AEW goes, I'm actually kind of excited about that new promotion starting up. I know they've already made a lot of announcements. They already have a, they're already building up a roster. Um, they have had, they just had their, another big, sh- big show in um, Las Vegas um, that Kurt Brown went to. Maybe we'll have him on the, on a, on an upcoming episode so he could tell us his thoughts on the show. Since I would imagine the only wrestlers he probably was familiar with were, you know, the guys who've been around for a while, like the Young Bucks, the Lucha Brothers, Cody, um, Kenny Omega, obviously, because he watches New Japan. Uh, but it'd be interesting to get his side of the story, his, his thoughts on that promotion and what they're going to do because um, he's not a he's not a regular viewer of um, current wrestling lately. He, he watches it more casually now, because, like I said, when when you're when you when you grew up a fan of a certain type of wrestling, you kind of want to rewatch that again, relive it, you know. So some of us will watch, you know, some old WWF videos. Others will watch Mid South Wrestling, Memphis, you know, or stuff you never even had a chance to watch. Uh, when I started retro wrestling, that's kind of what I wanted to do. I wanted to like start watch, rewatching, not only rewatching some of the stuff I grew up watching, like. Mid-South, Lucha Libre, um, some of the Japanese wrestling that I actually got into through tape trading and never really got to watch because um, at one point tape trading was very popular. Now it's kind of died pretty much dead at this point. So um, it gives me some time to watch uh, some of those shows that I never got a chance to watch. I would watch certain matches, but I couldn't watch an entire show because there was so much that was going on at that time. Also get a chance to watch a lot of the old stuff I didn't get to watch like Memphis wrestling um Smoky Mountain wrestling I never had a chance I actually like I actually bought this tape traders this tape collectors um collection yeah like Smoky Mountain wrestling and he was gonna like he had it up for sale and I was like I want to watch that I'll get that got that like probably 10 years ago um never got around to watch it to just like the last year um so I'm I'm really I've really enjoyed that show. Same thing with ECW, 
So there's a lot of stuff that I want to watch that's from the past. And also there's a lot of current stuff I watched with, you know, just Lucha Libre when I'm watching CMLL or, you know, I don't watch an entire independent wrestling show, but I'll watch like the good matches. Like if there's something with Bandito, Aramis, you know, anybody like that or Lucha Brothers, anybody that's an independent, an independent scene that's that's good. Dr. Cerebro, Echicero, you know, whenever they're in indie shows, I'll watch, I'll watch those matches. AAA, I try to watch some of it. Um, so I can't watch every single show. And unfortunately I could, I didn't watch this show just because it was a, it was a weekend where I was watching CMLL and AAA and also the price was a little too steep. I think they actually had it uh, cheaper on if you ordered it online. I didn't really go about checking on it just because I, I wasn't really that excited about the lineup um, beyond the Lucha Brothers versus Young Bucks match. Um, everything else I just wasn't that into. Uh, but I've actually kind of enjoyed the what they've been doing as far as announcing talent that they've been bringing in. Um, they had the surprise appearance of John Moxley. Um, so I, I think it's kind of, I think of, we've had, I think everybody on, on online, there's been some people, people that have been very negative about AEW. And then there's been other people that have been very positive. Um, I think there's also a, a danger when you're overly positive, when you're a total mark and you don't see anything wrong with a promotion. And I hope a lot of those people who are positive realize that there's a separation between you know, wanting something to succeed and those who kind of want it to succeed, but at the same time, don't want to talk about the, you know, the, the flaws that are within the promotion. Um, I've seen it in the past. Trust me, being a Lucha fan and Cubs fan will, will remember this. He's gone through it also because uh, we've had Lucha Underground, um, Lucha Libre USA. Um, and in Mexico, there's been a lot. And a lot of you guys who have uh, been longtime Lucha fans would know about all these new promotions that pop up very with some very ambitious ideas of what they want to become and you know then they just disappear um, some disappear suddenly others kind of try to stick around a little too long um, you see it you see it in the u.s too but uh, for whatever reason i mean they don't a lot of them don't get to tv to that point and even if they get to tv they're not on that long i think the one that's really lasted a lot longer than anybody ever imagined was impact and I don't think even Impact has had the type of um, build that AEW is having. I think AEW picked, they're coming in at the right time just because of social media and the way everything is like going on around pro wrestling with you know New Japan getting popular, WWE going out of their way to add a lot of talent that I don't think in the past they would have even considered. I mean, who would have thought they would have had so many luchadors on their roster? I mean, granted, they don't do anything with a lot with the majority of them, but they at least kind of have an eye in that part of the world. You know, they're getting a lot of indie guys that in the past probably would have taken, would have never probably even made it into um, WWE. So, and then you have all the smaller promotions like Impact, um, Ring of Honor, MLW, the, the independents all over the United States and Japan. I think really in Japan, it's New Japan. And then the other promotions are kind of like, you know, they kind of have some good moments, then they have some down moments. I think DDT's kind of done pretty well and and Dragon Gate, but some of the other promotions, you know, they've kind of started to get, they're actually kind of starting to rebuild, honestly. I, I think, I like the last couple of times I've seen All Japan Pro Wrestling, um, I've really enjoyed some of the stuff that I've seen from them. Um, I know one of their guys, I think Kento, was in um, was in Mexico this past weekend for um, Toriumon, Mexico. There's a lot to be more excited about with wrestling, um, even with CMLL, I mean, 
you know, I think a lot of us look at CML and we see how how poorly booked it could be at times, but it's at least for whatever reason for it for it to be a promotion that is not mentioned among the best top, or not the best but the most known promotions. It's amazing just because there's they're on YouTube for free. <laughs> Three shows. I mean Think about that. Like some promotions don't even do one show a week. And these guys are doing three shows a week on YouTube alone. They're actually doing six to seven shows on a weekly basis. I think I, I would say six, but then the, there's the seventh show in Guadalajara that um, has most of just, it's just local um, Guadalajara guys. Um, sometimes they'll have uh, like Yesfinge or Triton or some of the local guys that are from Guadalajara work those shows on Sundays. Um, but that's still like, you're getting three shows and then you're also getting the the sunday show now is on television so there's more um there's more of that triple a with conan coming back has added a lot more talent the crash i remember when the crash was starting to lose all the guys we were trying to figure i was trying to figure out when it was going to just die out they're still going along and you know they're they're bringing in talent from state they're, they're, they have a relationship with cmll they're bringing in um indie talent um so they're still they're not thriving because they aren't getting the same crowds, but they're at least still around. Uh, so I think there's a lot to be like to look forward to, and there's a lot of positive stuff in wrestling. And I think AEW. I don't think there's not. I don't see anything negative about it right now. I think it's not like Lucha Underground, where within like just the first shows, you pretty much knew it was. You, I think I never saw a promotion like Lucha Underground where people that were fans just gave up on it mid-season because they just couldn't stand the storylines and i think we're a few months away. i mean i think we'll probably see that when aew starts tv if it ends up being something that people don't like we'll probably see some people like change their opinion on it but i think they have a better shot of just being around a little longer and and actually succeeding i mean being around for a while in pro wrestling i mean impact's still around and um you know, there's other promotions that have had their ups and downs. Triple A has had some ups and downs. You know, going back to '95, like when it first started. Honestly, um, they've had some ups and downs. They're still around. They had that up. They had that down moment in what was it '96 when Conan and company left, and you know, Pena kept going along. So um, I think that's when we're going to see what, how, how. AEW can handle those type of uh, moments because there's going to be up and down moments for all of wrestling. Um, I think right now, I think when they start up their TV, I could totally see that being like one of those um, those periods where wrestling becomes popular again. And maybe not with the older fans. I think that's the other thing that a lot of us who are a little older have been around wrestling. When it, If it's not cool to us, we immediately think it's not good and we're not going to watch it. And there's not a lot of people that are going to go watch it. Uh, maybe it has a hot period and a, a new audience shows up. Uh, you know, maybe there's some casual fans that kind of, kind of become what we are now, hardcore fans. In a year or two, that they, they become hardcore fans. I mean, how often do you find people who like, you know, five years ago weren't watching Lucha Libre, or ten years ago they weren't wa- watching Lucha Libre, and they started watching it just because, you know, Lucha Underground was on and they wanted to see the lucha brothers and so they started watching triple a then they realized they they unfortunately sat through that year where um, vampiro was booking and um they kind of probably they, i i would assume a lot of those people left w- from watching triple a but maybe they they discovered cmll while they were looking for um something good that's lucha oriented 
um, or the independents. So, you know, I think that's going to help. I think AEW, if they succeed, then you get WWE to succeed. Everybody starts to succeed and because it, it kind of trickles down. It trickles down to the independents. Um, more people get involved. So to me, I think, it, I think it's all positive. And I, I really hope it, it, it does well. And it's going to be fun. I actually do look forward to watching the TV show. If, for all I know, it could be just as bad as what Lucha Underground became, where you know the first year I was really into it. And by, I think, the first couple of episodes of the second season, I, I hated it. I mean, but I think I think I think they're doing they're they're starting in a in a good um, spot. I'm sure there's going to be stuff I don't like. If that's the way it is with every promotion. I, I, I and I'm sure it's going to be like that for many people. Um, but you know, there's you can't if there's just one thing you enjoy. I think it's worth watching. And I hope and you know the cool thing is now with streaming services. I mean, we won't have to like if we don't like the entire ep- show. We could watch. We could just skip through like as like two. If it's a two-hour show, we could skip through everything and just watch what we want to watch. And I think that's I think that's the other positive nowadays. Um, you don't have to watch entire like in the you know what was it two thousand when we would have to suffer through a nitro thunder um, that was really bad. At least now you don't have to. Yeah. So I think that's about it for this week with this podcast. I'll probably do one after maybe after Juicio Final. Actually, I probably will do one after Juicio Final and Verano Scandal. We'll just cover those two shows. So about because I think um, next week I'm going to be a little busy with graduation. With a graduate, my my niece is graduating, so I have to go to that on a Tuesday, and um, and I'm doing Lucha Talk also. So um, I think that's about it. Check out LuchaWorld.com. You could also check the the podcast on Lucha World dot podbean.com i think that's the right one i don't remember it's on the it's on the on the page i always forget the information on that all that but yeah thanks again everyone for listening and we will talk to you guys again real soon